my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope your day is as bright and sunshiny as mine is. I love waking up in the sun. <laughs> well, we are continuing the Full House Summertime Fun Series with Season 6, Episode 1 of Full House, entitled Come Fly With Me, which aired on September 22nd, 1992. In this episode, the whole Tanner family is excited to greet DJ after her summer in Spain, especially sisters Stephanie and Michelle. However, the girls feel neglected when the big surprise DJ mentioned in postcards is her new boyfriend. Upset, they wander off and follow a youth choir onto a plane that they believe is headed across the bay to Oakland, California. Only after takeoff, do they realize that they are actually headed across the Pacific to Auckland, New Zealand. Meanwhile, Joey is desperate to find the phone number of a woman he met. I bet it was a fake phone number. And I love Stephanie's response, like, Oakland? Why don't we just drive there? <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> this episode has a 7.3 out of 10 rating out of 153 ratings on IMDb. It was directed by Joel Zwick, writer Jeff Franklin, Dennis Rinsler, writer, and Mark Warren, writer. So the boy who plays Terry is the boy that uh, lures Stephanie onto that plane. Like, oh, do you want to come and see us off? Which you would never do. He, um, yeah. He was in the Michael Jackson Black or White as a dancer in 1991. Also in Dangerous, the short films, 1993. He was a dancer. He was TJ in Picket Fences. Elito in Kazam from 96. You know that Shaq Genie movie? Yeah. He was, let's see, t -t Pacific Blue, Ed TV, he played Teenage Boy, and in 2004, he played himself in You Got Served. Let's see, soundtracks, Grey's Anatomy, he was a writer, MTV, Video, Music Awards, Happy Feet 2, Alpha and Omega, writer, Former Jimmy Neutron, Britney Spears Live from Las Vegas, Mystery Men. So you think you can dance Canada? Okay. Yeah, I see it. Cause in the in the episode he's got that that Jerry curl that's kinda got a um an MJ vibe to it. I like it. Let's take a look at this Sid CYD Strit Matter. She plays the flight attendant who uh Stephanie eventually confesses I'm sorry I snuck on the plane and the lady I knew and Jeremy even is like it's not and she in 
It's not Anne Sheedon from Elf. She looks like it, but she's she's not. This lady's been in some stuff here. She was uh, in an episode of Cheers, kind of a one-bit player. Quantum Leap, Knott's Landing, Flight Attendant in Full House on her own. The girl who plays Denise, all of her siblings in real life, including Jesse Smollett from Empire, or formerly from Empire, I guess he's... Oh, she plays a nursery school teacher in uh, episode of Party of Five in 97. So I'm guessing she's got to be... Owen, the youngest Salinger's nursery teacher. Um, she was in the Lost World Jurassic Park. Ellen. Let's see. Seventh Heaven. She was an insurance agent. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's gotta be that one with uh, Mary, you know, when they were trying to get Jessica Buell off the show. Because, I don't know. Uh, West Wing. Diagnosis Murder. Did anyone watch that Boston Public TV show about that um that school system uh X Files she played Doctor Edwards Nip Tuck Grounded for Life she was in Grounded for Life what episode Mystery Dance oh that's from season five um a lot a lot of stuff. CSI Criminal Bones a lot of stuff here didn't mean to go through her whole filmography here. All right, let's get into some trivia. Ooh, interesting. Let's see if this is really based on real truth here. Oh, my. Um, the Bagel Bites Beef Nachos, um, they're actually quite good. I was a little hesitant, but I bought them because, you know, I like to try new things once in a while. And, yeah, they're good. I'm actually making myself some more. Because it only comes in one size, the family size. It has 18 of them. And I had nine yesterday, and I'll have the remaining nine today. All right, trivia. The Tanner Girls impromptu trip to New Zealand is inspired by actual events. Really? In 1985, California native Michael Lewis, coming home from vacation in West Germany, reached Los Angeles International Airport. He intended to take a connecting flight to his home in Oakland, but accidentally followed a crowd of passengers to the Air New Zealand terminal. There he told employees his destination, but he misheard as saying Auckland, and was given a boarding, boarding pass. Upon reaching the city, Air New Zealand officials promptly gave Lewis a return ticket to Los Angeles. Oh, okay, okay, so the guy, okay, I get it, I get it. So, he's a California native guy, gotcha. So, that's where that kind of comes in. And they misheard as saying Auckland? Take his home in Oakland. Come on, Seriously? And this was 1985. They really, I. This sounds like an an adult. Maybe was he traveling home? I wanna, I wanna look this up. See if what the, if there if we can get a little more info on this. All right. In the previous season, Jesse teaches Michelle some words and says, "So we'll read a little each day. Before you know it, you'll be reading a book." Yet in this season, Michelle is only able to spell the two words Jesse taught her: cat and hat. In an episode of Fuller House, Jimmy Gibbler also confuses Auckland for Oakland. Oh, there's my bagel bites. Oops. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. The title for this episode is based on the 1957 song Come Fly With Me, composed by Jimmy Van Heusen, with lyrics by Sammy Chan. 
and made a big hit by Frank Sinatra. I think if, um, you know that Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks movie called Catch Me If You Can, which is about Frank, Frank Abagnale Jr., where he, he plays a flight attendant towards the end of the movie, or halfway through the movie and towards the end of it. I think that song Come Fly With Me is in that movie at one point. Warning spoilers! In reality, if the stewardess knew that Stephanie and Michelle were stowaways, then she should have notified their father to come get them. DJ is the one, well, she's the one that kind of breaks the news to uh, Jesse, Joey, and Becky. And they're like, unfortunately, they can't turn their plane around, so they'll just, when they land, they'll put them on a plane back to California. And it's not really a dire emergency. None of those girls have a medical condition. Otherwise, they probably would have turned the plane around. So, and, and, I want to check out this guy, this California native that's had this uh, little issue here and see if we can get any more information on this. You will not believe how many articles there are on Michael Lewis. The, um, yeah, he was, this is the article from Los Angeles, no, Orlando. There's also articles from, like, Los Angeles and, wow, just accidental, accidental trip turns college student into weary star. So this is not a child that did this. This was a college student. This is from April 13th, 1985. Mrs. Bencher made Michael Lewis famous. Now it's making him miserable. The tale of how an exhausted San Fr uh, Sacramento college student misheard a series of airport announcements and found himself bound for Auckland, New Zealand instead of Oakland, California became an instant pop legend. Last week, Lewis was hot. The day after his mixed-up odyssey ended, he appeared on the Johnny Carson show. Then he signed a contract with a Hollywood Hollywood producer for a movie? Promotional trips to New York and Chicago were planned. Really? Okay. I knew that one little mistake could just turn you into a an icon or a sensation. It was glamorous and exciting and as usually happens when fame strikes every man, it did not stay that way. By Tuesday, Lewis was seeing a doctor for emotional and physical fatigue caused by his sleeplessness since the media began pursuing him. Really? They pursued this man because he got on the wrong plane? Siri, oh my goodness. This guy even has an agent. Oh, had an agent. And Lewis quoted, I'm really nervous. I can't believe all this is happening because of getting on the wrong plane. It's pretty mind-boggling. Even his mother said that he's a nervous wreck. So, Lewis's mishap began March 31st when he flew home from a European vacation. He took an Air New Zealand London to Auckland flight and should have gotten off in Los Angeles and taken another plane to Oakland. Instead, convinced that the Air New Zealand crew was directing Oakland-bound passengers into a transit area, Lewis headed off with the Auckland-bound passengers and later reboarded with them. Questioned by airplane personnel before the plane took off, he was asked twice if he was going to Auckland and twice answered affirmative affirmatively, according to an Air New Zealand spokesman. Lewis's explanation... First, he had a severe case of jet lag, and second, the British-accented crew didn't understand Auckland. They said Oakland. They talked different. It was not until shortly after takeoff that Lewis realized his error. The next day, the airline flew him home from Auckland at no charge. Well, of course. So soon after that whole th this thing happened, Good Morning America had found his unlisted phone number. 
A few hours later, was he was being interviewed on nation, nationwide television. And he also did the Carson show called Lewis did 12 Minutes with Johnny the following night. I can't believe they're going to make a TV movie called Wrong Way Mike. I doubt it ever came to fruition. And this is 1985. I guess people were... They latched down to whatever. Oh, this guy gets on the wrong plane to go to a, he end up in another country? Like... The whole thing with Michelle and Stephanie just seems like real cut and dry. It's like they came back the next day when the girls arrived and they didn't look freaked out. They didn't look upset. We got some connections. The Munsters, when Becky slicks back Nikki and Alex's hair, Jesse asks if they are entering an Eddie Munster lookalike contest. And the Godfather movie, Joey imitates Don Corleone and calls Danny... Actually, no, he calls Steve Michael. No, wait, when uh, Danny pulls him back, like, okay, Joey, that's enough. Don't interrogate DJ's boyfriend any further. Joey does, like, calls Danny Michael. Here's a goof. There's only about a six-week gap in the show between seasons five and six. But Nikki and Alex seemingly age two full years in that time frame. They already have super long hair. Maybe Jesse was sprinkling their heads with hair miracle grow or demoxinil remember the simpsons episode i think it's called simpson and delilah where homer tries that demoxinil stuff and it makes his bald head grow a bunch of hair yeah when stephanie takes this is a continuity issue when stephanie takes a postcard postcard from michelle she holds it in her right hand and later puts it Puts her left on it. In the next shot, she's only holding it in her right hand again. Errors made by characters. There's only about... I already read that part. Oh, factual errors. Here we go. Even before 9-11, nobody has ever been allowed through a door marked authorized personnel only. And on board, an airliner without a valid document of authorization, such as a passenger boarding pass or employee identification card. All right. <laughs> Plot holes. Nikki and Alex, Rebecca and Jesse's twins, are born in f- Season 5, Episode 10, Happy Birthday Babies Part 2. In Season 6, they are only supposed to be one year old. Yet in Season 6, Episode 15, Rebecca and Jesse are looking into preschools for them. Also, Nikki and Alex don't even go to preschool until the 8th season, Season 8, Episode 2, Breaking Away. Well... I think the thing is, is in the episode where they're looking at Bouton Hall possibly to send the boys when they get to age of preschool, which is what, four or five years old? Yeah. So it's always good, you know, especially if there are waiting lists. I don't have children. I'm just going based off my own opinion that you want, even in the movie Baby Boom, there are pregnant ladies discussing where their kids are going to go to preschool. And one of them even says, my son's been on the waiting list since he was conceived. Or even, you know, before he was even born. and Or even the baby she's currently carrying is on a wait list to get into some prestigious baby preschool. So it's like, you want to get him in early so that way you have time in the two to three years to work with them on the skills that will they will need to be able to be even at the end of that episode which I won't be covering until um 
the back to school episodes, which is in September. Spoiler alert, they do get accepted into Bowton Hall. And I remember in the Breaking Away episode, I think that classroom is the same one they used for the Bowton Hall interview. So, hey, I'm going to read some reviews and then we'll get right into this episode. This person gives it a 10 out of 10. The title, the one where Michelle and Stephanie go to Auckland. This was put on IMDb or posted July 7th, 2015. Warning, spoilers. I really love this episode. It's a great season premiere, and it's actually one of my all-time favorite episodes, not only from this season, but from the entire series. In this episode, DJ comes back from some, her summer vacation in Spain and comes home with a surprise for everyone. Michelle and Stephanie thought they'd be getting presents. Spoiler alert, they get presents at the end. But when they found out the big surprise is that she has a new boyfriend, Stephanie and Michelle feel neglected and rejected. Well, I think it's more Stephanie feels neglected and rejected. I mean, and of course, Michelle just kind of takes on that negative energy that uh, Stephanie's doling out. So. So they join a youth choir who are on their way to Auckland, New Zealand. But Stephanie and Michelle misunderstood the... This person says Kiwi accent? Uh, okay. And they thought they meant Oakland. By the time they realized, the plane had already taken off, and as I am sure you would understand, everyone was very upset when they found out where the girls had disappeared off to. There's four adults. Danny, Joey, Becky, Jesse. Everyone's so preoccupied in what they're doing. Danny is like, DJ's here. I'm gonna, I wanna, I missed her so much. I'm gonna just sit down and talk with her while we're at the airport. We're gonna discuss chocolate milk versus uh, cafe leche, whatever that DJ was drinking. And so he's not, and the girls are just kind of left by themselves to do, just hang out basically while everyone out, Jesse and Becky are on the phone with Aunt Ida. Joey's trying to get on the phone with the operator to get uh, Mary Jachinsky's phone number. Best part of the episode when Stephanie and Michelle end up in New Zealand. We never see them actually get to New Zealand. We only hear about it after. Worst part of the episode, watching DJ suck face with her new boyfriend. Overall, I give this episode a 10 out of 10, which is in my ratings book, is Freaky Redonkulous. I think this Taylor Kingston has actually, um, did reviews before. So, alright, 7 out of 10. This was actually posted this year, March 15th, 2019. 7 out of 10, not bad. Only after analyzing this episode does it turn out to be bad. When not analyzing, it is decent. I like it whenever I see it. I wanted the previous two episodes to be only about Jesse making it big. A subplot involved DJ wanting to go to Barcelona for a summer school trip. Here, eight weeks later, she returns. When all she seems more interested in her new boyfriend, Steve, the Tanners are bummed. And Stephanie and Michelle, whose lisp is gone, see off a group of traveling children musicians. They accidentally board their plane to New Zealand. Uh-oh. In quotes. But this was before 9-11. Yes. Yes, it was. 
DJ wanting to spend more time with Steve than her own family is believable, but not nice to see. If it were me getting off a plane, especially after a severely long flight like Europe, I would be wanting to get home ASAP. But the majority of the time, this episode takes place inside the terminal with DJ only talking to Danny. Luckily, there is enough comedy in here to like. This person doesn't rate it, they just list it stupid episode, and they posted it on October 11th, 2016. Come fly with me. I thought it was a stupid episode because what kind of parents would let their children take off and go on a plane across the Atlantic? Why would Danny speak with DJ in the airport and not take her home to speak with her? DJ was selfish when she came home and was not interested in seeing her family. She said hi to them and kissed them, so it's not like she didn't completely acknowledge them. I don't ever see anyone just going on a plane and without an attendant to see their boarding passes, especially after 9-11. Well, this was before 9-11. After being on a plane for several hours, I would be jet-lagged and want to go home. Didn't they say it was like 18 hours? Like, oh my goodness, you better just go to sleep. <laughs> what else? Uh, yeah. Out of all the Full House episodes, I thought Come Fly With Me was the stupidest. DJ just ignores Stephanie and Michelle as if they don't exist. I think nowadays parents would be charged with child neglect. Joy was so stupid in this episode. Well, you've made your point clearly many, many times that this episode is stupid. Well, like I say, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah, let's get on with the episode. Yay! Also, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for jumping on board the Tanner train. And I'll let you guys know where you can go and follow along with the podcast. Facebook page. Oh, my Atlanta. Holy Chalupas. An unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Uh, Instagram. OMHC Full House Pod. Twitter at OMHC Full House Yes, and if you would like to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, I kept you wanting long enough. Let's get into this new season. Yes! I, for one, love this episode. I think it's I, I love pretty much 98% of Full House. There might be some episodes like, meh, not really digging it, but... For the most part, yeah, I like them all. So this cold open kind of jumps in to Jesse and Becky's storyline. Michelle's on the couch kind of working out some... Remember those little uh, paper doll things? I think that's kind of what Michelle is doing. We hear Jesse in the kitchen saying... For the last time, no, you're not going to cut their hair. And he's like, he's got each twin and one, got one twin on one hand and one on the other. Like, come on, run for mommy. Come on, come on. Becky comes in with scissors. I'm like, you do not, even as an adult or a child, you do not run into a room with scissors. That is how people can get injured. And Jesse, of course, you know he's all about the long hair. He has been wanting their hair to grow since they came out of Becky's womb. And they were in the hospital bed. Like, come on, Baldy, grow, grow, grow that hair. And even the fact that he went out, when he went out for pizza and Becky wanted to put that hat on the baby's head because it's cold outside. It's like, no, I'm trying to grow the hair on their bald little heads. 
Like, I've been it, taking forever to grow their beautiful, long, blonde locks. Please don't cut them. Now, in the I'm Not DJ episode, the twins do get a little trim. Not a haircut, but a little trim that really honestly looks like all the guy did was wet the hair down and part it on the side. Like, let's get the bangs out of the eyes, because, uh, Becky, I like how she, like, they're starting to look like little sheepdogs. And the girl who plays Topanga from Boy Meets World actually guest starred on the episode as one of the gen- two Jennifers. Like, oh, I can't little girls! And Jesse about blows a gasket. Like, excuse me, these are future men. Like, they don't even look like they resemble girls. They're little boys! But then again, if you didn't know that the boy who played Howie in Baby Love in season two was played by twin girls, because I surely didn't know until I was told that on the Everywhere You Look Full House podcast episode, which some episodes are actually still available on Podbean only. Oh, um, Michelle's got the Barbie paper doll. I had the Punky Brewster paper dolls. Those are pretty cool. So, Michelle asks the age-old question that we are all curious about. Uncle Jesse, why do you care so much about hair? Like, the idea that someone would be uh, that obsessed with hair is just absolutely ludicrous to Michelle. Oh, he's going to tell them all a story. Gather round, gather round. I will tell you about my history with my obsession with hair when it started. Becky, I told you, we're not cutting their hair. Run for mommy. Run for mommy. Run. Run, run, run. Run for mommy. Come on. Jess, come on, you're being ridiculous. It took us forever to grow their hair this long. Not a cut, just a little trim. Don't even kid. Uncle Jesse, why do you care so much about hair? All right, everybody, come on. Gather around. I'll give you guys a little life lesson. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Now, here's my theory. When you're a baby, you're bald. That's right. And when you get old, again, boom, bald. <laughs> that magic in between time. That's the important time, guys. That's when you gotta grow your hair, nurture it with the proper accoutrements, and then flunt it. <laughs> guys, that sound good? Hmm? You know what I like best about your hair? Yeah. Silky sheen, the uh, natural luster? No, I like the natural oh, luster! I just thought... So he sits them down and explains to them, see, when you're born, you're bald. Well, you know, I think it depends on the baby. You know, Jeremy came out with a head of hair. Sometimes the hair falls out and then it grows back. But I think it actually just didn't fall out. Jeremy, did you your hair fall out when you were born and grow back? No. No, it didn't. So, yeah. And sometimes when his hair gets long, it starts to get kind of curly on the ends. Because when I look at his baby pictures, he has like a head of curls. It's so adorable. Um, and Jesse says, you know, and then at the end of your life, when you're elderly, you, you're just about bald. But there's that sweet spot of time in between that your hair is so soft and luxurious and beautiful and that's why I want my twins to revel in that glorious, momentous time of life when your hair is absolutely the best, soft, silky as it can be. And of course, Michelle's like, 
you know what I like what I like about your hair, Uncle Jesse? And he's like, what, my uh, silkiness, the, the, the softness? He's like, no, I'd like to mess with it. And she goes and, like, puts her hand and says, ah! and Becky joins in. He's like, no, 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 I just moved it. And I'm like, yeah, he just fixed his hair. And you know that it takes hours for him, hours to get the hair just perfect. I'm out of the intro. We're in the living room. They got this paper drum set for Nikki and Alex to bang on. And what kind of bugs me is the fact that he's like, oh, stop, stop, stop. No, and he actually has to grab the stick and his son's hand and say, stop means daddy has a headache. But then he's like, wow, I could have used you two rugrat roadies on the road with me when I was on tour this summer. He's like, and then he's encouraging them. It's like, you just told them to stop. Now you're encouraging them. This time around, this season, uh, Becky's rocking a new hair color. Um, it normally was like a honey-colored brown color. Now it's it's kind of a slight auburn red tint to it. I know I think in season 7 or 8, she has full-on black hair. Like, dark, dark brown to the point of bordering on black hair. But maybe that was just a Lori Laughlin-like choice. Like, I am kind of tired of the color. I want to change it up. Jeremy is out there mowing the lawn. Becky comes in with the mail, the billboard charts, to find out where Jesse's song Forever which he spent the summer touring. We hear he went to Boise, Idaho to play at a Bolarama, which... Fatfish music, everybody. I guess they're the one that decide where the tour stops are going to be. I'm gonna play this clip. Alright, boys. Rock and roll. That's good. Alright. Okay. Uh, very good. Now cut. Okay. Stop, please, stop, stop, stop. Cut means daddy has a headache. You guys were good. I could have used you on tour this summer. That's it, rock and roll. Next time we go out, you guys will be my little rug rat roadies, okay? Jess, the mail's here. Billboard magazine. Give me, give me, give me. Don't give me. be nervous. I'm not. Mickey, Alex, your daddy's nervous. I am not nervous. But this is where a whole summer of touring pays off, okay? Here it is, here it is, the Hot 100 singles. Let's see, last week forever was 68. Let's see where it shot up to this week, shall we? Forever, 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 forever. This is taking forever. Jess, does it really matter about these charts? I mean, does it really matter if you're one or 99? Yeah, I'd rather be one. Well, of those two, what would be your second choice? I'm 99! Well, honey, you're still in the top 100. I mean, you're doing better than that one guy there. I'm gonna get Nikki and Alex ready to go to Aunt Ida's. <laughs> Come on, boys. This way. Come on, Nick. This way. Come on. So he looks at the charts for the top 100 singles. He's like, this is where a summer of touring finally pays off. And he's like, last time my song was at number 68. He's like going down with his finger forever, 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 forever. This is taking forever. Becky pulls the Billboard magazine out of his hand. Like, oh, honey, don't matter. Don't don't worry about those charts. You know, it, it, it's not really that big of a deal. And he's like, 
doesn't really she's like does it really matter if you're like one or 99 and he's like well i'd rather be one it's like well of those two choices what's your second choice and he grabs the magazine from him and like, I'm nine at 99? And she's like, well, you're better than that guy down there at the bottom who's underneath you, which I don't know what song that could have been. So Becky takes the boys to get them ready to go to Aunt Ida's because they're, of course, not going to come with them when they go to the airport. I wonder how far the airport is away from their house. So, Steph and Michelle come in, like, where's Dad? Where's Joey? We gotta get to the airport. I'm so excited. DJ sent them a postcard saying how much she missed them and how she can't wait to see them. And she's bringing a big surprise. Um, she's just dating somebody. Big surprise means, like, you got something and you're bringing it with you for, like, the whole family. Like, hey, I just got whatever the greatest delicacy is in Spain. I want to see what kind of stuff they got. Let's see. Um, paella. P-A-E-L-L-A. It's a rice dish prepared with seafood. Interesting. Uh, they have churros. Ooh, churros and chocolate sounds yum. Sweet and spicy pumpkin seeds. That could be something you could bring in, like, a, a bag home. That sounds so good. Sweet and spicy pumpkin seeds. Uh, baked chickpea snacks. I see that they have some of those. Yeah. Well, while they're kind of waiting for this uh, big DJ to arrive, Danny also mentions about, you know, isn't Spain known for their imported leather goods? Stephanie is really banking on DJ's arrival, you know, back home. Just, DJ's gonna save my summer. You know, it's been like six to eight weeks. I really, really missed her. The house just feels so empty without DJ in it. And Jesse's like, well, Steph, what do you mean save your summer? You had a great summer. And Stephanie's like, yeah, I had a great summer at day camp. Camp day o' fun. I was the oldest camper there. The older, the younger kids called me ma'am. And I was kind of thinking about this earlier in the day and even this morning and part of yesterday about the fact that I can understand maybe she and Michelle went to a day camp if Jesse's kind of working and got things going on, this is pre-Smash Club ownership, of course. But at this point, I don't even think they do the radio show yet. No, I don't think they do the radio show. That might be later this season. Um, Joey's probably got things going on. You know, Danny and Becky got the Wake Up San Francisco show, so maybe it's just like during the day. They really got so much going on that there's no one that's going to be home to watch the girls. So they'll just have them go to a day camp until one of the guys gets done with working or whatever they're doing. That's gonna suck. Especially if it was like all summer long. I mean, it's okay if you want to go to a camp like just of your own interest. Like a, you know, a sports camp or just um. A regular, which the girls will go to Camp Lakota in the season seven, episode one opener, which that will be the next episode I cover towards the end of the month. So Michelle hands Stephanie the postcard that the, they've gotten from DJ, and they've practically memorized it. But Michelle's like, "Can you see? This says DJ. Can you read it to me?" Okay. So apparently Michelle has not. I understand now where that 
semi-continuity is coming from the fact that during Spellbound in Season 4, was it Season 4 or Season 5? Season 5, I believe that, um, or no, maybe it was Season 1. I'm sorry. Anyway, Michelle wanted to learn how to read. Jesse was teaching her how to read The Cat in the Hat. And I'm guessing that Michelle really didn't really keep up on that because she can only really make out the word DJ. I'm going to play this clip. Yeah, we're sweet. we got to get to the airport. Don't just sit there. DJ's coming back from Spain. Girls, relax. We have plenty of time. I can't wait till she gets back. DJ is going to save my summer. What are you talking about save your summer? You had a good summer, Steph. You went to day camp. Oh, yeah. Camp day of fun. <laughs> I was the oldest camper there. The other kids called me ma'am. <laughs> this is from DJ. See, DJ. Can somebody read the rest? All right! DJ's bringing home a big surprise. I knew she'd come through. Do you see the word present? It starts with a P. <laughs> well, she doesn't say, but that's gotta be it. And after she gives us our presents, she'll probably want to spend all her time with us. Cause she missed us like crazy. Okay, everybody. DJ's plane has been in the air exactly 13 hours and 7 minutes. Now, allowing for headwinds and turbulence, that means right about now she's over Saskatchewan enjoying a diet soda and her second bag of honey-glazed nuts. I hope she didn't rent one of those headsets, though. You never know whose ears they've been in. Danny, relax. Please, breathe with me. In, out. Jess, I don't need to breathe. Well, I do every once in a while. I can't believe she's been gone for eight weeks. I miss her so much. I can't wait for her to just get off that plane and jump into my arms. Come on, we're going to be late. Well, everybody just relax. Now, look at this. We have we have an hour. Now, how long does it take to drop the kids off in Aunt Ida's and get to the airport? 57 minutes. Girls, let's move it. Come Are you kidding me? They should have been on the road already. There's a 10 seconds. We're leaving without you. Okay, okay, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm going crazy. Yesterday, I met this incredible woman at the beach. She could possibly be the future Mrs. Joey Gladstone. We could spend the rest of our lives together. Now if I could just find her phone number. Have you checked your Snagglepuss bathing suit? Yes, I checked there already. This is so pathetic. Not as pathetic as a grown man in a Snagglepuss bathing suit. Right, come on, everybody, let's go. Becky! Don't you know her name? Of course I do. It's, uh, it's Mary something. I'll think of it. I just have to clear my head. Oh, that shouldn't take long. <laughs> okay, the boys are ready. Thank you. What, the Eddie Monster lookalike contest? You know what Aunt Ida says. With the hair over their eyes, she can't see their faces. Yes, but on the plus side, they can never see hers. <laughs> Get the hair looking cool. Atta boy. Nah, you're okay. having a proper hair day. Let's go. It looks good, crap. So the way that Stephanie reads this postcard, it's almost like she's not read it before. Like, maybe it just came in the mail, like, a couple days ago. I can only imagine, how long would it take for a postcard to come from Spain to, like, the U.S.? I don't know. I don't know. She must have jotted that down, like, just before she left to head to the airport. I bet DJ did. So Danny's coming down frantic. So he comes down looking at his watch like, all right, DJ's plane has been in there for 13 hours and 7 minutes. So right now she should be just over Saskatchewan enjoying a diet soda or a diet cola and a bag of honey glazed nuts. Which, the few plane rides that I've been on uh, 
recently. I've usually gone for the pretzels. And then, of course, they ask you what soda that you want, and they give you, like, a little cup full. It says her second bag of honey glaze. They only give you one. That's it. Of course, Danny's worried that if she rented a headset that it's kind of got to be kind of gross because you don't know whose ears. I'm sure they disinfect them after they everyone gets off the plane. Or maybe it's a thing where they have so many that they just, like, they're so cheaply made they can just, like, throw them out and just have a whole bunch of new ones. That does seem like something, like, even if you disinfected them, it's like, no, somebody could have an ear disease. I don't even think that's, I don't know, that might be something real. So Jesse is really laid back, like, relax, we got plenty of time, breathe, Danny, in, out. So, he's like, alright, how long does it take Becky to us to get to Aunt Ida's? And, because he's like, hey, we got an hour. How long does it take to get to Aunt Ida's? And Danny's like, 57 minutes. They should have been on the road an hour or so ago. Like, you'd you think the airport were just, like, 20 minutes up the road from them. It's like, no, you guys should have been on the road. Of course, Joey comes down. He's preoccupied with this girl he met at the beach. Apparently, his Snagglepuss bathing suit has pockets. And he checked them. The phone number is not there. He he doesn't know where it is. Well, if it were that important to you, Joey, you would have put it in your wallet. So they're like, all right, we got to move, move, move. Becky, where are you? She brings the twins in. Their hair is, like, slicked back. And he's like, what are you doing to the boys? She's like, well, Aunt Ida says, like, with their hair in their face, she can't see their beautiful eyes and everything. And he's like, well... What are they ready for the Eddie Munster con look like contest? So he goes and kind of pull, pull, you know, the hair forward a bit. It's like you should have just left it like it was slicked back because now it looks like crap. And it really didn't make that big of a difference. Did she gel their hair? That is going to be so. It's probably like, you know, where it gets all icky and, you know, stiff and ugh. Have fun washing that crap out of their hair. <laughs> So, he, Joey cannot remember this lady's name. He's like, this lady could be the next Joey Gladstone. Mrs. Gladstone. Like, oh my goodness. No, she couldn't be. I bet it was a fake phone number and a fake name that she gave you. So, they get there. DJ's plane is two minutes late. You really didn't have to run. Well, they kept... Tattoo. 57 minutes to Aunt Ida's? Were Jesse's parents unavailable to watch the twins? We haven't seen them and we'll never see them after the wedding episode. However, we do see Grandpa Katsopoulos. We see Grandpa Nick, who is now a great-grandfather to Tommy Fuller. We do see him when everybody's jetting off to Japan for Steve and CJ's wedding. Why they couldn't get to... Uh, you know, Mrs. Katsopoulos, Irene, I'll never know. Maybe the woman, you know, she could be retired. She's not really into the acting thing. I mean, even with Grandpa Nick, you saw him for like less than five minutes. It was like a one and done. He's there and then he takes Tommy and goes. And apparently, I don't even know the implication of like, hey, Tommy, let's go hit up some singles bars. And I'm like... So is he either divorced or is he widowed? My guess is maybe he could be a widow or widower, right? Yeah.
But Danny the whole time is figuring these numbers in his head. Like, all right, we got 30 minutes on the parking meter. And Jesse and Becky are behind him. And Jesse's like, oh, my gosh. Anyone got a tranquilizer for him? <laughs> and as we see a sign that says, Overseas Airways. Joey is still trying to figure out this woman's name. Okay, it's Mary something. Chachinsky. And, of course, Michelle's like, oh, doll. Bless you, Joey. And he's like, no, Michelle, that's her last name. Like, are you sure? So we see on the board, we got Flight 90 arrives at 945. We see Barcelona Gate. I think that says 15. So he's going to go over to directory assistance and get someone to find this Mary Chichinsky. While he's gone, everyone's preoccupied. Stephanie and Michelle just kind of hunker down in a spot. They're not... The family is so spread out in this little airport. Still want my autograph. Like, Jesse, you need to get off your high horse. Nobody wants your autograph right now. Not some random woman in an airport either. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I might have slipped a little in the charts, but... In the billboard charts, but the fans still know who I am. And the woman's like, who are you? I just want to see if you drop your pen. And she walks off and he's like, hey, that is my pen. And the way this lady is dressed, she just, she, I'm sure she never heard of Jesse and the Rippers. She doubt, I doubt she would even listen to his music. She looks like an Aerosmith girl. Or maybe ACDC. Or maybe Bon Jovi. You know, the thing I like about airports with Jeremy is he knows where he's going. He knows where we need to go. He takes control of things which is awesome because I would probably feel like lost and out of I would definitely not be in my comfort zone in an airport by myself. Like eh, I don't know where to go. I guess I'll go over here. So Becky has an outburst here like oh my gosh one day you'll be sorry he'll be a big star one day my husband and you'll be begging for his autograph. And she shouts this, and I'll play the clip, but it's almost like there's an echo to it. Like, they're in an, it's not an empty room. There are other people there. But, of course, Becky creates a spectacle. If you were in an airport today and you started shouting, security guards are going to come up and remove you. Because you are going to look like you're a threat. Any type of outburst like that, Yeah. You might be able to get away with that in, like, 1993, but you're not going to get away with it in 2019. You'll be sorry. This is Jesse Katsopoulos. Sweetheart, it's okay. No, it's not okay. He is going to be a big star, and then you'll be begging him for his autograph. What are you guys looking at? Go, the show's over. Scatter. Now we move on to Joey, who's on the phone with the operator. He's looking on Mary Chachinsky's phone number. He's like, hey, your directory assistants, could your directory and assist me? Yeah, you have an outburst like that, Joey. They will hang up on you. I see like, hello? Hello? And he's got to do his Popeye. Like, Joey, you don't got to be a jerk on the phone. I know you want assistance, but don't badger these people. I can't even imagine how much operators put up with or... How much they did put up with when we had phone operators. So Becky goes over to Joey, grabs him by his shirt sleeve, says, Come on, Joey, DJ's plan is here. And Stephanie and Michelle, okay, so they're hanging out in the chairs right near the phone. Gotcha. Michelle has got surprised on the brain. She's like, big, big present in her mind. Girls, we're here to see DJ. It doesn't matter what she brought us. 
Isn't Spain noted for their leather goods? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Los Tanneritos, mi familia! Kimmy. Hi, Kim. Kimmy, where is Sue familia? My family? Yeah, remember them? Sure I do. They said to come home with you. They figured you'd be going out for a fancy dinner and you would treat me. <laughs> you know, I haven't had a good lobster ever. Wouldn't it be great if they could lose the passengers instead of the luggage? Where's DJ? I don't know. All I'm looking at is Romeo and Juliet over there. That girl Juliet looks like DJ. exactly do you two mean by going together? Come on, Mr. T, you're not that old. It means they can't keep their paws off each other. Silentio, el big mouth. See, si, adios, hasta la baggage. Well, you guys remember Steve? We went out a couple times last year. Uh-huh. Funny, I don't recall your mentioning that he was going to Spain with you. I didn't even know he was in a foreign study program until we saw each other on the flight over there. Nunca olvidaré ese momento. Estoy el hombre más contento del mundo. In English, por favor. Mr. Tanner, sir, I just want you to know that your daughter's been in good hands. We don't want her in any hands. Uh, you know, Deej, I told my folks I'd meet them at baggage claim. I'll catch you down there. Uh, <laughs> great seeing you all again. So they're all waiting there for DJ to come out of the terminal. Of course, who shows up first? Kimmy, my familia, as she goes and hugs them. And Danny's like, uh, Kimmy, what about you? You know, like your family? Where's your family? Like, oh, well, actually, my family thought, you know, I could ride home with you, you know, since I live right next door. And you would be going out for a big celebratory dinner since DJ is home. And you, of course, would invite me. And you know what? I haven't had lobster in, like, oh, forever. So, yeah. So, DJ and Steve are macking on each other really, really heavy. As people are weaving in and out of, you know, the terminal. They're trying to get out, like... Get out of the way! Get out of the way! <laughs> I kind of wonder if they were even sitting next to each other on the plane. Because if they weren't, I mean... I don't think you'd be... Would you be... Has anyone ever made out on a plane before? I mean, not in, like, the airport. 
you know, the plain bathroom for the high, Mile High Club, mind you, but uh, <laughs> they act like they were probably seated in different sections of the They probably were. But see, in the back, when Kimmy greets the Tanners, we see Auckland, we see departure at 10.15. And of course, Stephanie's like, I wonder where DJ is. And Danny's like, I don't know, I can't see anything past Romeo and Juliet over there. He knows it's DJ. Because Michelle's like, oh, wow, then Juliet looks like DJ. Like, yeah, because it is DJ. So she breaks apart from Steve, turns and sees her family. Hi, everybody! And everyone just looks at her like they're in total shock. Like, DJ's 15. She's got a boyfriend now. She's making out with him. She's been gone for eight weeks. And this is the first they see of her is making out with her boyfriend. Get used to that, because you're going to be seeing a lot of that in season six. I love her her wavy hair look. It's beautiful. It's so gorgeous. I love her, like, floral top that she's wearing. And, of course, Stephanie wastes no time saying, Oh, DJ, what's this big surprise you wrote about on, in the postcard you sent us? She's like, oh, yeah, see, this is Steve. We went out a couple times last year. Remember him? Yeah, he was Stephen Hale then. Or, no, he was Steve Peters. Now he's Stephen Hale. Um, yeah. The family just kind of looks like... she. DJ's like, you all know him. We went out a couple times. And they're like, uh-huh. Yeah, and their first impression of Steve now is the fact that he was making out with DJ. He didn't have the courtesy to, like, go up to them and introduce himself. Like, hi, I'm Steve. I'm dating your daughter, by the way. I thought it was so gentlemanly-like that Steve actually, that red bag that he's got on his other shoulder is DJ's. Because he hands it to her later on when he's like, hey, my parents, they told him I meet him by baggage claim. Because on his other shoulder, he's got his big duffel bag. Would that duffel bag even be allowed as a carry-on, though? It, it's pretty big. I mean, I bring, like, a book bag when when I go, you know, it's got to fit, like, underneath the seat in front of you. When DJ says, everybody, this is Steve. And everyone's like, hey, Steve. Like, yeah, we've seen you. We're not impressed. Really, this boy has no respect for us. He was making out with DJ in a terminal. And, of course, Stephanie's like, so, Deej, what's this big surprise? And she, as she thumbs to Steve, like, Steve is a surprise. We're going together. Surprise! Like, okay. I don't get... I mean, what is that? Why is that going to be a big announcement that you're dating somebody? I mean, I mean, when you put big surprise, it almost makes like you're bringing something back with you. Or, hey, um, Spain thought I was so good and fluent in uh, language that they offered me a summer internship next year. And Becky is like, surprised, because Danny's jaw's like on the floor, like, ugh. And DJ's face kind of falls like, oh, they're not happy for me. I feel sad now. My family won't accept an outsider like Steve. I mean, no, they will, over time. He wins them over with his giant soft heart and his sweet smile and the fact that he... Is a loves to eat. He's a wrestler, so he needs all that food to bulk up. Of course, Steve's opening line here is, uh, 
so you all came in the same car? No. No, they didn't come in the same car. They probably took a couple cars. Which in season... You know, sub suburban... Sub subterranean graduation blues, Danny mentions that they can't all fit in one car, so they're taking a couple cars. So Michelle's like, excuse me, let me get this straight. You're the surprise? Like, yes, Michelle. She's the surprise. Can we move forward in life? You're not getting a giant toy. And of course, you know, Stephanie and Michelle are kind of being a little, uh, self- as Stephanie's like, great, it's official. My summer is clearly down the tubes. Like, because she even said, like, DJ want to spend all her time with us because she missed us so much. But Stephanie sees it as, oh, DJ's got a boyfriend. She's going to be preoccupied with him now. So we really are going to fall even more farther on that. Farther down that chain of who's important to DJ. Joey does his godfather ex uh, impression here. <laughs> and Steve is all like, what? I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and even Becky's like, oh my gosh, here we go. Kimmy's still there kind of watching this too. I like Kimmy's like red vest with the interwoven uh, gold on it. It's really pretty. As he's like, welcome to the family, my son. As he puts an arm around Steve's shoulder. One day we may call on you for a favor. And when we do. And Danny like grabs Joey by the shoulder. And Joey, like, looks up like, Michael? <laughs> so Danny's like, alright, I think what the Godfather here is trying to say is, what do you guys mean by going together? It's like, really, Danny? Really? Even Kimmy's like, come on, Mr. T, you're not that old. It means they can't keep their hands off each other. It means that they're dating. They're boyfriend and girlfriend. So, DJ tells Kimmy to shut her pie hole, and Kimmy leaves to go get her baggage. So, of course, DJ feels the need to be able to explain. You guys remember Steve? He and I went out a couple times. And the whole uh, family, minus Stephanie and Michelle, were going off somewhere to cry and pout and sulk. The rest of the family's like, uh-huh. Like, Yeah. We we know that you went out with him a couple times, but after seeing you two make out, we're not impressed with him. Like I said, they probably see Steve now since he and DJ were making out. It's like this boy has no respect for us, and and why would DJ be making out in an airport with this guy? Any respectable boy is gonna come and shake our hand and introduce himself, not wait to be introduced. Danny thinks DJ lied. Like, well, funny. That you mentioned this because you never said, mentioned, Steve's name never came up when you were trying to convince me to let you go to Spain. And she's like, well, I didn't even know he was in the foreign study program until we were on the plane. So my guess is they have, because DJ is at least a grade, or she's got to be a sophomore at this point, I'm guessing. So she is probably a couple grades below Steve, and maybe they're... Study pro uh, foreign study programs are probably like for grade specifics only. Like each grade has its own foreign study program, or maybe like freshmen and sophomores have one, and then juniors and seniors have their own. 
Unless maybe the class is so large, like it's one for all four grades, and he she just never noticed him there because the class size is so huge. And DJ and Steve start speaking Spanish to each other, like, I love you so much, and I wish I could translate. Does this disc not have subtitles? What the heck? I thought it would be cool if they had, like, Spanish subtitles. I can hear what they're saying. Uh, uh. Oh, well. Danny's like, in English, por favor. So, Steve, of course, gets another knock here on his character by saying, Oh, Mr. Tanner, by the way, I'll have you know that while we were in Spain, I took good care of DJ. She was in good hands. And Jesse's like, we don't want her in any hands. After what we just saw, this display of affection, I can only imagine what you two got up to over there. How many chaperones do you think went on that trip? So, after Jesse says that, uh, Steve's getting a little uncomfortable. You know what, Deej? Uh, I promised my parents I would meet them at baggage claim, so I'm gonna, like, head over there. And he's like, oh, it was nice meeting you, and he, like, ducks his head and just, zoom, he's out of there. Like, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. So, DJ is now that Steve is gone, she's abolishing, you know, ye- yelling at her family, like, hey, I can't believe you did this, you embarrassed me in front of Steve. She's like, you're treating me like a child. Well, DJ, you're only 15. Technically, you are still a child. You are not an adult. Your displays of affection, though, is very inappropriate. There's a time and place for that, and it is not in an airway terminal as people are trying to get off the plane and you're blocking their exit. I'm going to play this clip as Danny says, you're not acting like an adult making out in an international terminal. What will people think of America? I can't believe this. You're treating me like a child. DJ, you're not acting like an adult, making out in an international terminal? What do people think of America? God. You know what, could you uh, excuse us for a moment? Oh, sure, Jess, let's go call Aunt Ida. Why? Ow, oh, that's why. <laughs> you too. Ow, I don't have an Aunt Ida. <laughs> Dad, how could you embarrass me in front of Steve like that? Look, I'm sorry, I just thought when you were getting off the plane, you'd be kissing us. Maybe I should have prepared you a little more for Steve. It would have helped. A lot. <laughs> DJ, I knew when you went to Spain that you'd be going out with boys. I, I just thought you'd leave them there. Dad, Steve is a great guy. He's a senior. He's on the wrestling team. He recycles. I'm sure he's wonderful. Honey, I want to know everything about your trip. You've been gone for so long. You have no idea. I missed you so much. I missed you, too. Tell you what, when we go home, we'll have a cup of coffee, and I'll tell you all about my trip. That'd be really... Coffee? Since when do you drink coffee? Actually, cafe con leche. Honey, in this country, we don't drink cafe con leche. We drink chocolate milk. Oh, come on, Danny. Dad, I'm almost 16. I've been to Europe. I really think I'm old enough to choose my own beverage. Sweetheart, I didn't choose my own beverage until I was 21, and even then, my mom chose chocolate milk. Dad, that is so provincial. Provincial? (laughs) Nothing. So DJ does kind of think about it, like, yeah, that probably wasn't the best way to introduce the family to Steve. And so I should have prepared you a little more. It's like, yeah, probably while you were on that 13-hour flight, you probably could have thought, like, how should I... How should I prepare my family? And the fact that she put in that postcard a big surprise. 
You could have wrote, oh, by the way, just to prepare you, I am seeing someone and I will introduce you when we get off the, you know, when I come home. Just to kind of give them a heads up so no, it's not like, oh, look, I'm dating somebody. I've been dating for the last eight weeks. And he's like, yeah, DJ, I knew you'd be going out with guys. I just thought you'd be leaving them there. But DJ, Danny really misses his oldest. Like, honey, I miss you so much. You have no idea how much I missed you. And he grabs her carry-on and they kind of sit right at the bay of chairs that are like right outside the terminal. And she's like, don't worry. He's like, I want to hear all about your trip. She's like, don't worry. When we get home, we'll sit down. We'll have a nice cup of coffee together. And he's like, oh, that's great. Coffee? Since when do you drink coffee? And she's like, well, actually, it's Cafe Con Lunche. And he's like, Cafe Con Lunche? No, honey. And this... We're, we drink chocolate milk. And she's like, Dad, I'm almost 16. I've been to Europe. I think I can choose my own beverage. And he's like, well, yeah, but until I was 21, my mom chose chocolate milk. Really? Really? I call major poo-poo on that. It's just coffee. And she is 15 years old. Kids today are probably drinking that stuff at 13 or 12. I remember the day when my high school, I was probably a freshman. It was probably around DJ's age. Maybe I was a sophomore. I can't remember. But we got cappuccinos. And I'm like, ooh, I like the cappuccinos. I remember when I was like 10 or, no, I was like 11 or 12. And I was like, my grandma, grandpa and grandma and my dad were probably drinking coffee. And she, my grandma was just kind of watching me like, why are you drinking coffee? And she said, you know that stunts your growth, right? And I'm like, oh. And then now looking back on it since I'm like five foot two, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> now, some people on my dad's side of the family are short. So, like, just let her have that. She is 15, almost 16. She's not ten, she's not Stephanie and Michelle's age. I would say no to coffee for them. Joey is back on the phone harassing the operators like Chinsky, S K I C H I blah 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 blah. And he's like, I know she's out there. It's like, okay, you sound like a stalker, and I'm gonna refer you now to the police. Okay, this is getting obsessed. He's like, okay, has a woman called looking for a Joey Gladstone? Oh, boy. You know every time you call, you're not going to get the same operator, right? <laughs> I'm going to play this clip. Joey is just being absolutely, utterly pathetic and very stalkerish. Ending in I-N-S-K-Y? I know she's out there. Well, has a woman called asking for the phone number of a Joey Gladstone? Ah. <laughs> uh. No, Aunt Ida, I don't think it's such a good idea for you to give the twins haircuts. But give me that phone. Ida, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, dear, dear Aunt Ida. Listen, I, I know you want to help. Uh, you know, give, give them a sandwich. Uh, give, them, give them a bath. Give them a tattoo if you want. <laughs> Just don't cut their hair. On the other bait of payphones, you got Becky on the phone with her Aunt Ida. Who, of course, wants to give the boys haircuts. And she's like, oh, no, 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 Aunt Ida, no. I don't think it would be good to give the boys haircuts. Jesse rips the phone out of her hand like, Ida, I mean, dear, dear, sweet Aunt Ida. I know you want to help, but why don't you, like, give them a sandwich or a bath or uh, a tattoo, which earns an arm slap from Becky. Just please don't cut their hair. 
And that's pretty much the extent of the haircutting fiasco until we get to the I'm Not DJ. Now we cut to Stephanie Michelle and they're just kind of hanging out. So Michelle is a very rude and disrespectful child. She's like, hey kid, are you coming or going? And this girl about Michelle's age says, pardon me, pardon me, bois. And then she says, English. As in, she doesn't speak the language, so she doesn't understand what Michelle's saying. Michelle's like, if you say so. Stephanie's like, Michelle, I don't think she speaks English. And Michelle, of course, like, duh. So, it's like, come on, Michelle. You don't treat people like that. Yes, there's a language barrier. And I get that she's only, like, six years old. But you don't do that. Would you like it if you went to uh, another country and somebody, like, made fun of you because you couldn't understand the language? So, this boy in a red t-shirt who's got the MJ Jerry Curl, wet Jerry Curl going on. Um, he's like, oh, actually, we're from the International Young People's Choir. And they are on a world tour. They've been to 14 countries. And Stephanie is gaga over this cute, cute boy who she later calls or refers to, to Michelle, as a hunk. And he's got an accent. Don't, don't, uh, forget that accent. Ooh. Definitely if the heart eye emoji was, ar- emoji was around in this time, that would be Stephanie's face. Would it be the heart eye emoji? Kid, are you coming or going? Belt on a one. Je ne peux pas anglais. You say so. I think she's from another country. Duh. Actually, we're the International Young People's Choir. We're in our world tour. We've been to 14 countries. Fascinating. We've been to Nowheresville. Is that where I got sick in the car? <laughs> Kids. So, what's your name? Terry. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Come on, kids, we're going. I'm sorry, I have to go now. Oh, right now? You can come aboard and see us off? Uh, no. Why, thank no, you. Come on, Michelle. Follow that hunk. But I want to see DJ. Well, she doesn't want to see us. All she cares about is Steve. At least we'll have five minutes of fun this summer. Yeah, later for her. So, Terry and the other kids are just kind of hanging out there, waiting to board the plane. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to go. She's like, oh, right now? You really have to go? He's like, yeah, but you could come aboard and see us off. Excuse me, which is... I'm surprised that Stephanie's like, oh, actually, we can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. This kid's been to 14 countries. He should know how this works. No one gets to go aboard the plane just to say goodbye to you. Hey, they're both wearing red. How about that? So Stephanie gets in her head like, come on, Michelle, let's go follow that cute boy. And Michelle's like, yeah, but I want to see DJ. And Stephanie's like, look, Michelle, DJ does not care about us. He only cares about Steve. I want to have a little fun before I have to go back to school. At least five minutes of fun while we say goodbye to this cute boy. Of course, as they're walking past, we continue to hear about Danny explaining the virtues of chocolate milk doing a body good, which was their milks campaign. This was back before the milk mustache campaign, which was what, like the early aughts? How coffee is just water and beans. Like, yeah, but you drink coffee. Let's get a 
look at this international children's choir, a lot of these children, they are definitely of many different ethnicities. We get a couple blonde-haired kids in there, an African-American boy, an Asian girl, just a, a, a slew of children, a lot of them. And we got one guy on the phone, actually a couple guys on the phone just trying to make sure everything's good to go. And I'm guessing what happens is the boarding passes are dropped. And because there's a blonde girl there, and the lady who's kind of uh, overseeing the kids is also blonde, they don't even bat an eyelash when they have Stephanie and Michelle, two blonde kids, join the group. Oh, I noticed that Stephanie also has red shoes to match her red and white baseball top. Oh, and you hear in the background, the guy says, I'm trying to count kids. The kids are all loading on the little boat. You should have had them counted. You have a list. Even the lady, you should say, ma'am, because there's someone at the front of the, the line of kids, and then there's someone at the back. She's like, how many do you have here? Yeah, the boarding pass. This is a full Home Alone 2 scenario where Kevin... McAllister bumps into the guy as he's running for the door to get on the plane to go to quote-unquote Florida when it's actually New York. Bumps into, no, he bumps into the lady who's holding the boarding passes with his boarding pass that gets mixed up in there. That man is going to get fired. He will lose his job. And he probably won't be the other, he will not be the only person to lose his job in this. So Stephanie and Michelle are going down the line of children and just saying, like, hey, Stephanie Tanner, USA, Michelle Tanner, C-A-T. That's all she can spell is C-A-T. So she goes to sit down. The The flight attendant, the one I said that looked like um, Anne Sheridan from Elf, who played Kate. It's not her. Uh, she ushers the kids, like, keep the aisle clear. Come on, kids, sit down. You guys should be used to flying by now because you've been to 14 countries at this point. Because Michelle hops into a seat. Like, I get the window seat, which will, of course, be brought up again in the season six finale, The House Meets the Mouse. I get the window seat. I'll gag if I don't. And Stephanie's like, Michelle, what are you doing? We're not going anywhere. And then, of course, Terry comes up behind Stephanie. Like, hi, Stephanie. And she's like, oh, Hi. <laughs> So we, go, we can sit here and hang out for a bit. Of course, Michelle's like putting in a wave bye to everybody. And we're going to. And she's like, "Where? Are we, where's this plane going? <laughs> and even he says, Oakland, which sounds like Oakland. And Stephanie's like, Oakland? Okay, that's not that's right across the bay. I mean, why don't we just drive there? <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip as, yeah, Stephanie finds out exactly where they're going. And it is not Oakland. <laughs> It's hot water and beans, but chocolate milk does a body good. Hang on, hang on, I'm trying to count kids. Stephanie, I'm sure Dad won't be mad. Relax, we'll be back before he knows we're gone. Hi, nice to meet you. Stephanie Tanner, USA. Stephanie Tanner, USA. Michelle Tanner, C-A-T. Michelle, that's all I can spell. Okay, children, please find your seats. I get the window. Michelle, what are you doing? We're not going anywhere. Can't we just pretend? No. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. <laughs> Maybe for a minute. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We're going to... 
Excuse me, where is this plane going to? Oakland. Oakland? That's right across the bay. Why don't they just drive there? Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for takeoff. Please fasten your seatbelts. Oh, no, we're moving. Why not? Hit the brakes. This is our stop. Come on now, there's nothing but to be afraid of. We gotta get off. Believe me, airplanes are the safest form of travel. Besides, you should be used to traveling by now. Now, let me just relax and buckle up. But it's the law. <laughs> you heard her. Buckle up. It's the law. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm uh, doing a report for school. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, what would happen if someone uh, snuck on a plane without a ticket? <laughs> well, they'd be a stowaway, which is a federal crime. That person could go to prison for a long, long time. <laughs> Great. I'll put that in my report. I'm really not in the mood to go to prison. We're not going to prison. We're just going to Oakland. You should be there in about five minutes, and we'll call Dad to pick us up. I'm sure he'll see the humor in the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flight 40. We should be arriving at our destination, Auckland, New Zealand, in 14 hours. Mm. Auckland, New Zealand, 14 hours. Ah! So Stephanie feels the plane moving. Oh, no, no, we got to get off. And the lady's like, no, 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 you got to find your seats. Come on now. You guys should be used to flying. Buckle up. It's the law. Which, there wasn't that, that was a catchphrase back in the day. Like, buckle up. It's the law. I'm sure being an 80s and 90s kid, I probably said that when we would go someplace like, buckle up, it's the law. Here are some other slogans. Click it or ticket. Um, let's see, what's the other one here? So, Stephanie plays it off like, oh, um, excuse me, I'm doing a report for school, and I was wondering what would happen if somebody, like, snuck onto a plane, and the lady... Let Stephanie know, like, well, that person would be a stowaway and they would go to jail for a very long time. I looked up some seatbelt slogans. We got 10 fingers, 10 toes, 2 eyes, 1 nose, safety counts, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, be alert, accidents hurt, be aware, take care, behind the wheel, anger is one letter away from danger, best gift you can give your family is you, please be safe, break the drive, and arrive alive. Click, clack, front and back. Click it or ticket. Courtesy is contagious. Doesn't matter how far, just belt up. Don't forget to wear a seatbelt. It just isn't worth it. Wait, what? Don't, wait. Don't forget to wear a seatbelt. It just inst worth it. What? Okay. Give them a break with exclamation point. Hands down, it's better to be safe than sorry. If everything comes your way, you are in the wrong lane. Oh, I like that. If you don't know the sender, it might be a pretender. Okay, I don't know what that means. It only takes one mistake to bring us all down. Don't let it be yours. Life's short. Don't rush it. Never drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. That's okay. No belt, no brains. No safety, no pain. So N-O safety and then K-N-O-W pain. Safety in, we win. Safety is a full-time job. Don't make it a part-time practice. Safety is something that happens between your ears, not something you hold in your hands. Safety starts with S, but begins with U. Seatbelts save, save lives. Buckle up every time. Speed thrills, but kills. Stop, drop, and roll. The best car safety device is a rear-view mirror with a cop in it. 
Trust your captain, but keep your seat belt securely fastened. When you gamble with safety, you bet your life. Yield to pedestrian, it's the law. You will need help if you don't wear your seat belt. There's another one that I see um, when I'm you know, driving on my way to my job. It has like a picture of kids like in the back seat and it's kind of telling the parent like like don't hesitate just wait and like let like let the kids you know buckle up like don't start the car like just wait for them to get buckled up like don't take any chances how many times with kids do you know that kids like to unbuckle themselves out of their car seats and that can become a problem when you're trying to drive and you got a kid like bouncing off the walls in the back and they're trying to climb up front and all that stuff. They have so many now for texting and driving. That is a big thing. Or like, keep your eyes on the road. So, of course, this is going to be a long flight as Michelle plays Let's Ask the Question to Stephanie. Like, hey, do they have ice cream in New Zealand? And Stephanie's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. I've never been to New Zealand. And Michelle's like, yeah, but they probably do, don't you think? Like, maybe. Stephanie is really freaked out here. She's like, who cares about the ice cream? Don't you understand we're going to jail? And <laughs> now Michelle's like, do they have ice cream in jail? Like, I, and of course, Stephanie rolls her eyes again and like, look, Michelle, try to stay with me on this, okay? We are looking at hard time. You're not going to jail, kiddos. If you want to scare your kids back then, you just say... Yeah, kids think that whatever they do that's really bad, they're going to go to jail. So Stephanie's like, alright, I got 14 hours to figure out a plan. And of course, she says, just remain calm. That's all we need to do. Of course, the lady whose name we later learn is Susie, she comes up, I think, and offers them, like, a beverage or something. And Stephanie spills the beans. Like, hey, we stuck on the plane. I'm sorry. You'll kill us. Don't act suspicious and stay calm. Beverage? All right, we did it. We snuck on the plane. Please, please, please have mercy on us. That was your plan. Hi, is this Mary? Mary Chichinsky? C-Z-E-C-H-I-N-S-K-I? Yes, I finally found you. It's it's me, Joey Gladstone, remember, from the beach? Uh, you loved my impressions, especially my Tasmanian devil. No, wait, don't don't call the police. This is Mary, right, with the long blonde hair? Short blue hair. 86 years old. Are you single? Oh, Joey, come on. Yes, all right, listen, we will cut their hair. Yes, all right, listen, we will cut their hair. No, no, it'll, it'll be before hell freezes over. Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe when pigs fly. Yeah. Excuse me, aren't you Jesse from Jesse and the Rippers? Gotta go, Ida. Why, yes, I am. Hi. Hi, I saw you play last month at the Boise Bowlerama. You were excellent. Really? That was excellent. Uh, what's your name? Roberta. Roberta, hi. Nice to hi. see you, Roberta. Hey, everybody, this is Roberta. 
Yeah, my fan. <laughs> oh, I see you got a camera. Yeah, you want to get a picture of us together? Oh, no, that's okay. It, it's no inconvenience, really. Here, just smile. Ready? Really? And smile. Very good. Nice picture. Can you send me a copy of this? Honey, do you have a pen? Because we'll give her our ad. You know what? There's a one-hour photo here. We'll sit down in the cafeteria. We'll have a dance. We'll talk about the concert. You want to do that? Oh, maybe some other time. It, it's really no problem. It was really. nice meeting nice you. Nice to meet you, Roberta. Hey, thanks. Oh, you forgot your camera. Keep it. It's her problem. Oh, you know how those fans are. They get so tired of being mobbed by big stars. Came on a little strong. Jess, you practically mugged her. So, when Stephanie reveals that they snuck on the plane, this lady, Susie, I feel bad for her because she's like, oh my goodness, I was hoping we'd just have a flight to get to New Zealand without any problems coming up. Ugh, all I wanted to do was see if you wanted a beverage. I didn't ask for this problem. <laughs> now, of course, we cut back to Joey finally got a hold of, well, a Mary Chinchinsky. Um, <laughs> not the, uh, one with blonde hair, though. The one with short blue hair, who's, like, 86 years old. Because he starts to do his Tasmanian devil impression, but the woman cuts him off, like, I will call the police on you. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> and then he has a nerve to ask if she's single. Like, Joey, what is wrong? Are you desperate enough that you will date an 86-year-old woman? Come on, Joey. Now we cut over to the other side of the Bay of Phones, and we have Jesse still on the phone with Ida. And he's like, oh, no, we'll cut the kid, the twins' hair. No, it'll be before hell freezes over. I was thinking more about, like, when pigs fly. So this curly blonde-haired lady comes up, says, aren't you Jesse Katsopoulos of Jesse and the Rippers? He's like, oh, well, yes, I am, as he hangs up the phone. And who are you? And she's like, yeah, I'm Roberta, and I saw you play at the... Boise Bolorama, and you were just absolutely amazing. Jesse is like clinging to this sliver of stardom. Like, see, Becky, see, Joey, I do have a fan. People do know me. And he takes her camera and takes a pre-selfie selfie with one of those disposable cameras. He's like, oh, hey, can you, um, do you have a pen? I can write the address down so you could, like, mail this picture to me. Like, you know there's a one-hour photo here? We can, like, go to the little luncheonette. We can have a dance, talk about the concert. And she is immediately, as soon as they, like, look, everybody, it's Roberta. She's my fan. Roberta is like, how can I get away from this guy fast enough? Because she is, like, immediately creeped out. And she's like, oh, I gotta go, actually. And he's like, oh, but your camera. And she's like, keep it. And he's like, what is her problem? And Becky's like, oh, you know, these people, they just hate being mobbed by big stars. And Jesse's like, oh, I guess I came out a little too strong, huh? And Joey's like, yeah, you practically mugged her. It's like, yeah, Joey, like you were just trying to get a date with the 86-year-old after obsessing over this Mary Chichinsky and harassing telephone operators. Oi. So Danny comes running over to Joey, Jesse, and Becky, and he is so worked up. He's like, Michelle, Stephanie, and his arms are out, and he's flapping, like, and he can't, and then Jesse and Joey are like, oh, why are you doing a turkey? And and Joey's like, no, 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 that's a, that's a pigeon, what you're doing with your arms. And then Joey's like, whoa, like, like a like a seagull or whatever. DJ has to break in, like, no, guys, what he is trying to say is that Michelle and Stephanie hopped on a plane that's headed to New Zealand. 
Okay, so he, uh, Danny talked to security. Okay, that's what happens. Like, I'm surprised that he's like, there's a, the security guard is probably like, there's f four adults here, and none of you noticed your kids were missing. Are you kidding me? And Jesse, of course, is like, well, they gotta stop the plane, and DJ tells him, well, they tried, you know, Dad tried to talk to them, but they won't turn the plane around. It's not a medical emergency of any kind. So, of course, no, they're on a deadline, they have to get somewhere ASAP, they're not gonna turn the plane around. How would that work in today's world? Do you, I mean, th those girls would never get on that plane. You would never be able to be allowed to just go on the plane and say goodbye to somebody. Not to mention, you can only get so far if you don't have a ticket. I mean, you gotta go through security, so if you're not, if you don't have a ticket, then, like, what are you doing here? And Danny's, like, out of breath, like, <laughs> they said as soon as the plane lands in New Zealand, they'll put the girls on the next flight back here. And he thinks that, you know, the girls are, like, freaking out, but of course, no sh Michelle has got the kids and arousing. They're doing that that song like, but she says he'll be driving six white horses when he comes, and the kids are like yeehaw. And first, Michelle would not be allowed to be going back and forth between the aisles. There, no, it's like sweetie, you need to sit down and stay in your seat. Is there not an adult present to watch these children? I saw two of them when those kids were all going through the terminal to get onto the plane. Where did, did they just say, okay, kids, you got the whole front cabin to yourselves. Have fun. So I'm going to play the clip where Danny comes over and he is freaking out about the, the fact that the girls are on a plane in New Zealand. Guys, guys, Michelle. Uh, Stephanie, turkey, turkey. No, that's a turkey. Gobble, gobble. That's, that's, that's a, a pigeon. Now you need a seagull. Now you need a seagull. Okay, yes, hey, what Dad is trying to say is that he just talked to security, and Stephanie and Michelle are on a plane to New Zealand. Thank you. What? We've got to stop the plane. Dad tried. They won't turn the plane around. They said as soon as the plane lands in New Zealand, they'll put the girls in the next flight back here. My little girls must be scared to death. So yeah, Michelle's Jove. Like, what hour of the flight are they even into? Because you know that this whole uh, 14 hours flight, you, she's not going to be able to keep up that up, that energy. It's like, sweetie, I think you need to like sit down and save your energy because you are going to crash eventually. Yeah, and if I were going overseas, I would want to be... And one of those bed pod, sleep pod thingies. Or, and in the most comfy chair. I mean, it's a long, long trip. You gotta pace yourself. I'm gonna read a book. Um, I've never been on a flight that's had an in-flight movie before. Never, never, never. Do they just do that in first class? So yeah, she's got, Michelle's got the kids all, you know, riled up and screaming at the top of their lungs. Ah, with the song. And she turns to Stephanie and bends over the armrest and says, Somebody forgot to sing the yee haws. And Stephanie's like, 
she's depressed. She knows they are in big, 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 big trouble when they're going to land in uh, San Fran. So, yeah. And she says, Michelle, the only thing we're going to be singing when Dad comes to get us or when we finally land is we'll be grounded for life when he comes. And Michelle works that into her song. And apparently the kids all, kids all sing it. I think somebody forgot to sing the yeehaws. I'm too depressed to yeehaw. When Dad gets a hold of us, the only song we're going to be singing is We'll Be Grounded for Life. We'll be grounded for life when he comes. It's a San Francisco International Airport. So this girl, Susie, uh, has been uh, handed the reins of dealing with these two charges. Uh, Stephanie and Michelle, they got bags with them. And she's like, oh, Susie, Michelle says, we had so much fun in New Zealand. And Stephanie corrects her, Michelle, that was not New Zealand. That was the airport gift shop. Because they probably had to get off the plane and hang out a bit to board the plane going back to the U.S. How long do you think they had to wait, I wonder? Clearly this lady probably feels bad. Well, like here, let's just get you girls some souvenirs. Here's a t-shirt for New Zealand. Maybe a you know coffee mug for your dad or a magnet for somebody. When we go on our trip, definitely um, the things I like to do are collect refrigerator magnets. So I definitely want to get one for, like, Oklahoma and Missouri when we go through them. And, you know, of course, Texas and everything like that. So I'm really excited. I know Jeremy likes to collect maps. I don't think we have Missouri or he might have Oklahoma. Because, you know, he lived there. So I can get a map for Texas and all that stuff. I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom a whole lot on the trip. But then again, I have the bladder the size of, like, a, a pumpkin seed or... Sesame seed, yeah. Here we are, back home safe and sound. Thanks, Susie. New Zealand was so fun. Michelle, that wasn't New Zealand. That was the airport gift shop. <laughs> Here comes Dad. Axe had so he'll feel sorry for us. A little more lip. Oh, thank God you're okay. Overseas Airways flight number three right. has arrived at gate 16. I am so sorry. I imagine this sort of thing happens all the time. Not really. <laughs> so, Susan's kind of like looking like, okay, where are they? Where are they? I've been on a 14-hour flight. I am exhausted. And not to mention she had to hang out with the kids. So she's doubly exhausted. Like, But she's probably still got to go back to work. Danny and the crew come over and like, oh my gosh, my girls, oh, are you okay? He hugs them, he kisses them, and he looks up at Susie like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, this thing probably happens all the time, right? And she's like, not really, bye, and she gets out of like, I am done, I am done. She may even want to change the careers after this. I am not a babysitter. So as soon as Susie is out... He's like, do you girls know how worried we were? And I'd be like, oh, really? I mean, you were worried, huh? I mean, yeah, I understand. It's, I shouldn't have gotten on that plane. I mean, we shouldn't have done that, right, Michelle? But there are four of you. None of you knew we were gone. 
None of you knew we were gone. And, yeah. Why don't you throw in that book? I mean, yes, the, it is St Stephanie... You had to go after the wet Jerry Curl kid, right? You had to go after Minnie Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. Death's hormones. Those are the reasons she wanted to get on that. Well, and he even suggest he was the one that suggested, you want to come on board and see us off? Steph, she said, uh, I don't think I can do that. Bye. But hey, she'll have a fun story to tell her nephews, and what she hasn't yet, uh, her daughter. She'll be able to tell her daughter. And I was just thinking about, no way in the world this would not be able to happen today. Like, Max would never take Tommy, like, hey, Tommy, let's follow that cool kid onto the plane. I gotta say, though, I think... I think Max has a smidge more maturity level than Stephanie a little bit. I don't know why, but it just comes off in waves. So now the girls are get. Oh, Stephanie's wearing earrings that are like the little, um, the smiley face. You know that slogan from the 90s? That smile. Well, it's probably... I'm recognizing from the 90s. It's been a long, around a long time. I mean, remember Forrest Gump when he was running and then he got hit in the face with a bunch of mud and this guy's trying to sell t-shirts. He's like, here, take yellow. No one likes that one. And Forrest like puts his face in it, hands it to the guy and the guy looks at it and there's, it's that smiley face with the line and everything. Yeah. But she's wearing earrings just like that. So Joey, of course, is like, how did you... Why did you get on the plane? And Stephanie's like, well, it's an accident. And Jesse's like, oh, really? You actually walked out of the plane? You actually accidentally sat down in a seat and buckled yourself in? Okay, you cannot list that as a freak accident, Stephanie, okay? A freak accident is you're trying to get a picture with a selfie stick and, uh... Thunderstorm happens and you get struck by lightning. That's a freak accident, I think. Maybe. But not you following a cute boy onto a plane and sitting down. She didn't even sit down until the lady told her, get in your seat and buckle up because we're, like, getting ready to take off. She was like, okay, hi. And then it wasn't until Terry smiled at her and sat in the seat across the aisle from her that she's like, oh, yeah, I can sit down and chill out here. Do you have any idea how worried we were? Why in the world would you get on that plane in the first place? I'm really sorry. It was an accident. An accident? You accidentally walked on the plane, accidentally sat down, and accidentally flew to New Zealand? Okay. It was a freak accident. I don't think they bought it. You two aren't even supposed to cross the street without telling us, let alone cross the Pacific. Uh, Dad... Can we discuss this later? Sure, we'll discuss it later. Later at home tonight, later at home tomorrow, next week, at your high school graduations, for the rest of your lives. So Stephanie's like, Dad, look, can you commence with the yelling for a bit? Can we talk about this? Like, maybe when we're at home and not making a scene in front of everybody. He's like, oh, yeah, we can talk about this at home. You know, at your high school graduation. For the rest of your lives. I would love if this gets brought up in the final scene. I don't know why. I don't know why. 
we did get a tidbit of in um, moving day when from the Stephanie talked about the pilot episode when uh, DJ wanted to move. She wanted her own room. She didn't want to share it with Stephanie, so she moved down to the garage. And she shared that information with Jackson. And just like, yeah, let's bring up, like, I don't know why, but this just sounds like something that would be funny to tell. Like, well, we're all, like, sitting down at, you know, um, a dinner or something. And, like, hey, Dan Gigi's like, Hey, Stephanie, remember the time, like, the family met Steve at the airport when I came back from Spain, and you and Michelle <laughs> went and got on a plane to New Zealand? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just thought of that. Oh. And then DJ's like, yeah, remember when you and Steve came out of the terminal and you guys were, like, making out? And that's how we were introduced to Steve? <laughs> yeah. So now it's nighttime, they're back at home, the girls are in their PJs, and they're kind of sitting in their room because they're grounded. Michelle says, hey, remember when we were on the plane and we said we wanted to go home, we want to go home, and now we're home, and we're like, I just want to get back on that plane. Stephanie tells Michelle, it's like, because we're grounded forever, basically. They say we're grounded for the next month, I think. Oh, um, Stephanie's playing with a snow globe that she got from the airport gift shop. And it's interesting because this is pre-filming of the Lord of the Rings. So, you know, at one point New Zealand would be, you know, kind of big for that too. But that hasn't happened yet. They're grounded for a month. I call that easy. You're lucky you didn't get grounded for like the next six months, or the next year, if Danny wanted to. And Stephanie's like, do you have any more questions? And Michelle's like, yes. Why do grown-ups have hair up their nose? And I'm like, sweetie, you have hair up your nose, too. You may not be able to know it, but you do. And you want to know why? I want to ask the internet. I'm going to ask Siri. Let's see what Siri has to say. I didn't get that. Why do adults have hair up their nose? Why do adults have hair up their nose? Here's what I found. No, I want you to tell me. I don't want to look it up. That's what you're here for, Siri. Well, I looked it up anyway. Answer 1. Hair in the nose is one of the body's first lines of defense against harmful environmental pathogens such as germs, fungus, and spores. Another purpose for hair, nose hair is to provide additional humidity to the inhaled air. As the air passes through the nasal passages, the mucus and hair provide heat and moisture. Well, then I should stop, like, just trimming all of that, like, completely gone. So I, I, by doing that, I took away my biggest line of defense against spores and harsh things in the air and stuff like that. <laughs> of course, Stephanie's answer is an eye roll. We got, we got, uh, DJ here. She's got some gift bags for the girls. Now, I want to say this. Um, when I was in fifth grade... 
you all probably remember like the scholastic book orders that you would get in the classroom. You get to order a book and stuff. I did have. I do not have it anymore. Um, it was a poster book with fun facts about Full House. But I also got the novelization of this particular episode because there's one thing in here that we don't see is that Michelle has Michelle and Stephanie each like a stuffed animal. And I can't remember what Michelle calls it like Pietro or something um or or something the she takes both the stuffed animals because Stephanie really doesn't want them. But she has a name for them. But it's not in the episode. I just remember her like covering their ears because uh, Stephanie said something she didn't want the stuff. Uh, Michelle didn't want the stuffed animals to hear. Which is interesting, also because it seems like in that story there was also the whole lovers and other Tanners episode where DJ and Steve are seeing a little too much of each other, and Danny has to tell them you need to break it off for a bit. Hey, how you guys doing? More questions. Speaking of questions, I have one. Are you nuts? What made you get on a plane to New Zealand? That's two questions. <laughs> we had a crummy summer, then you came back and didn't even care about us. We just wanted to have some fun. No, you wanted to have fun. What do you mean I didn't care school? about you? You were too busy kissing Steve. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. Just because I have a boyfriend doesn't mean I don't care about you. I missed you both like crazy. You did? Of course. Look, a lot of things changed for me this summer. One thing that'll never change is how much I love you guys. Love you too. <laughs> but what if you marry Steve and have ten children and two dogs and a horse and live in a big house and have one of those bathrooms where water comes out of a golden swan and big Steph, and... trust me, I'll love you. Okay. Oh, I almost forgot. I have presents for you guys. I knew it. Not that we were expecting it. Thank you. So DJ brings up the question. I have a question for you. Why did you hop on a plane to New Zealand? And it's like, come on, we clearly already covered this on the ride home from the airport. I don't want to rehash it anymore, I'm sure Stephanie is thinking. And Stephanie's like, look, summer sucked, you came back, you didn't really care about us, and I just wanted to have, we just wanted to have fun. I'm like, if I were Michelle, I'd be like, Steph, don't pull me into that, because you didn't need to drag me along. You didn't need my help. You could have went by yourself. But then again, what fun would that have been? I think, honestly, if she hadn't have been with Michelle, she would have, Stephanie would have tried harder to get off that plane. But then again, maybe not. And DJ's like, look, what makes you think I don't care about you? I make you too, like, crazy. And they all hug, and Stephanie's like, well, what if you marry Steve and have ten kids and live in a house with a, a golden sink that has... A uh, golden faucet that has water spurting out of it or something like that. Like, basically, what if Steve, like, hits it big and you're rich and you live in a mansion with ten kids? That's not going to happen, we know, because we've seen Fuller House. 
And, but, yeah. DJ's like, don't worry, I'll still love you. And she brought them presents. Jewelry boxes, which is adorable. And that's the episode. So last night, I came up with a trivia question that somebody got correctly. Here's some Full House trivia you can answer for a shout-out on this week's podcast. Full House, Season 6, Episode 1, entitled Come Fly With Me. What did Jesse take from this lady that she told him to keep it? A, a pen. B, a camera. C, a pencil. Let's see. Uh, Joey Garcia, 38, answered correctly. It was camera. Yep. Got it right. Good for you, Joey. So, I really, I thought this was a fun episode. We get to meet Steve, who's going to be a regular this season. I like the introduction now that the twins are toddlers. Joey and his obsession over finding this Mary Chichinsky identity. You are never going to find that lady. You need to, like, move on. If I had to pick an outfit, I like Stephanie's um, baseball outfit just because, you know, I like the color red. But I'd also have to say, um, DJ's top when she comes back is really cute. I like her wavy hair. Really beautiful. So the next episode that I've chosen for the Full House Summer Fun Series is Season 7, Episode 1, entitled, It Was a Dark and Stormy Night. In this episode, DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle come home from a summer camp. Michelle brings home a rabbit she was supposed to let go, but as Danny says, he should be let go. DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle go back to camp with Steve and let the rabbit go. When they get there, they find the bunny gone and Steve's car stuck and a surprising visitor. I'd say for line of the episode, um, I'm going to go with uh, Jesse calling the twins Rugrat Roadies. I thought that was cute. Um, I also like when uh, Danny kind of looks at Susie, the flight attendant, and says, Oh, I'm sorry, this thing must happen all the time. She looks down at him and says, <laughs> Not really. <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> so that was funny. But yeah, that that's, that's the episode. Um, like I said, this, no way in the world would this ever work today. Because I think unless you... If you don't have a ticket, you're not going to get very far in that airport. And there's got to be a designated area for people who are there to, like, greet or pick up people at the airport. But it's not going to be right when you come off the plane. They're not going to be right there for you. So, alright, I'll be back. Not next week, but I'll be back on the 26th with It Was a Dark and Stormy Night. And then at the end of August, I will be doing the final episode in the Full House Summer Fun Summertime Series, which is Season 2, Episode 1 of Fuller House, entitled Welcome Back. So we're kind of concluding summer. Summer is coming to a close. School's going to be starting. And then that will set in motion the back-to-school episodes that will start in September.